All right. <laughs> For today's episode, we're talking about the role of exercising and diet in um, diabetes. Welcome to the Fit Life Show, where we share tips and tricks on fitness, food, family, and fun. The role of exercise and diet in diabetes is near and dear to my heart. Um, so my dad was diagnosed as a diabetic in his late 20s, and it has been a struggle his whole life. However, oh, wow. he has never had a weight problem. And typically, we think of people that are diabetic and they're obese. And in his case, and not not the case at all. However, his diet played a huge role in, in it. You know, he grew up very poor. Um, his dietary habits were really bad. He didn't even realize he had diabetes until, um, you know, well, when he was finally diagnosed, of course, but it runs in his family. And so, you know, sweet rolls and cereal and sugar and soda and all of those things were a mainstay for him. And um, it has really taken a toll. Um, he has been on insulin for, gosh, 50 years now and is taking a toll on his whole body. And I don't think everybody understands that, you know, diabetes isn't just about being fat. It's also it's a, you know, a nutrition. It's it's a habits. And the impacts across across the whole on the heart, on the liver, on the on your bones, on your circulatory system. And so I had done my little up and down journey of weight and I had gained quite a lot of weight. And the doctor looked at me and said, you have two choices, either change your habits or go on medication. And I'm like, I am not going on medication. I've seen what it's done to my dad. Surely I can take control of this. And so I did. Um, I started with, you know, I really attacked the nutrition part of it. I was already exercising. That wasn't anything that really ever left my world, but it was how much the eating habits really affected it. Not only what you eat, but when you eat it, how you eat it, where you are in your mental headspace when you eat. Hmm. And, and so it's something that I have to watch every day while they say, once you've been diagnosed, you're always a diabetic, I tend to say that I have kept it at bay because I was never officially. Okay. It was like, if you don't change it in a month, you're going to be. It was right. a warning. And, yeah. Right. So I got okay. the really hard warning and I feel like I've, I've kind of given it the Heisman and I've kept it at bay, but um, it, it really is something that I have to think about. And sure, I get bad habits. I, I love junk food probably more than some, but, um, you know, it, it really is about figuring it out and how important it is to your overall wellness, not just your weight. You've got to think of it as a whole wellness situation. Well, wow. Alisa, you mentioned that you had some, some family that has diabetes too, yes. right? Yes. For me, it's also my dad. Um, for him, it was never quite as bad that he had a, um, inner, like, had, had to use actual insulin and was more just taking medication to keep it at bay. For my dad, it usually fluctuates a lot within the year. Um, my dad doesn't really work out what he does the moment it's spring. So spring, summer, and fall, he takes his bike to work, which is almost a one-hour uh, bike ride, doing that twice a day. So every time, like, wow. around summer, he gets really, really good with it to the point where doctors are like, maybe we can lower the dose. But the moment fall comes mm -hmm. and it gets mm -hmm. colder again and he has to start bundling up and then winter where he can't take the bike anymore – it gets worse again. So he's just kind of like spiraling down. Also doesn't like to take advice from his daughter at times. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. <laughs> Loud and clear. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was always that. But having like, so that's like the big thing. I That is literally the only thing that changes in his lifestyle. Hmm. He, it's not that he changes his diet at all. It's literally just that. And it always gets better. It's to the point where he, in addition with his blood pressure medication, it always 
like gets so extreme that they're like, we should take you off of the medication because the blood pressure medication lowers it so low that they're like, yeah, if you do this too much, it's actually going to get to a point where it's dangerous. So you need to stop taking it. So he's just kind of spiraling down with it. And then it goes back up and it's just a back and forth with him. Yeah, and I would say that that's very much um, similar to my dad. While he's not riding a bike, he has a farm, and so very much in the you know the summer, you're much more active yeah. in the spring, summer, and fall than you are in the winter time. Right. And and so you could see the amount of insulin he had to take in the winter was greater than what he had to take in the summer. And and so I think the the big takeaway from that is sure eating is important, but making sure that you're exercising and it's not like you don't have to go to the gym, much like your dad being on a bike or my dad, you know, carrying bales of hay, you know, all of the different, you know, even hooking up tractors and wagons and all of the different things like that. It's it's the exercise because your body really does need that to burn through the sugars that it's trying to store. Yep. Okay. I always heard that it was more diet than exercise. That's so makes sense. I mean, it's really both, I think, but it, it, and it also depends on the type of diabetes you have too. So I guess we should be really clear about that. Type one diabetes is very different than type two. So I'm talking about type two. I'm assuming you're talking about type two as well. Um, and particularly with type two, sure, you can change your eating habits and it's going to improve. But if you change your movement patterns, so not to just coin it as exercise, but you're changing your movement patterns and habits along with your diet. And it really can be controlled. And in many cases, people do come off of their medication, but that is also the exercise and the, the food change. And But it's great to see that just even with the exercise that your dad is able to feel good at least three quarters of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, how about low sugar snacks? Uh, did you have, did you cut sugar out? completely did you just find so i went more of a high protein lower carb um i didn't necessarily cut anything out i just made what i would call better choices so if i'm going to have a starch i might have a sweet potato over a regular potato simply because one has more fiber which means that my body's going to process it a little bit slower and it's not going to give me that quick and you know sugar spike is is what you think of. Um, I did find um, through a lot of research and in lots of articles and head banging against the wall a few times of you know, everybody's like diet soda instead of regular soda. The problem with that is you're fooling your body because your body tastes sweet, but it doesn't get the sugar that it thinks it's getting. And it it really sends your body into this circular motion of I need more, I need more, I need more because you're not getting it. And while I'm certainly not going to say a diabetic should drink a regular soda, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that. In many cases, you're better off to have a smaller amount of regular soda than the diet soda. Um, I, you're shaking your head, and I'm glad no, to see yeah, that. Because I'm not again. I, yeah, because yeah, I mean, a lot of people are just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you would say something like that. But I've, I tried it once I could pull myself away from it, right? Because the first thing my dad told me, because one of the first things the doctor told him was, you must stop drinking regular soda. So I was like, you didn't see me without a 7-Eleven Big Gulp in my hand ever. Usually a super big gulp, at least one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and maybe one or two more at night. And so my dad's like, please, what I want for my birthday is for you to give up regular soda. So I did. And I started drinking diet soda. 
And then I start reading all these articles and I did yeah. notice that I was craving sugar more and more and more. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, maybe that's the diabetes taking over. But the more I read, I'm like, oh, this might be like a chemical thing going on. And so I did, I, I actually did a little experiment with myself, not that it's perfectly scientific, but I found that if I had regular soda a little bit, I was satisfied faster and I wasn't looking for that immediate sugar after I had diet soda, then I wanted candy. And then, you know, and it just kept building because my body kept looking. And of course, everything I had was sugar free. And so I'm like, well, why is this happening? And it's because your body's going, I think I'm getting the sugar. You're tricking me. I'm not getting the sugar. I'm having mm -hmm. the insulin response and there's nothing there to counterbalance it. And, wow. and so that that was a, yeah. a very eye opening experience into my learning how to eat mm -hmm. better. So I'm nodding because um, I listened to a very, very long audiobook about intermittent fasting. And they obviously mm -hmm. talk about that, too, because they talk about the relation with intermittent fasting, diabetes, other illnesses that might benefit from it. And they bring up the point of like, while you should obviously preferably not drink any soda, they obviously understand people have cravings. They want to wean off of it, whatever they want to do. And if you limit it to one, like, let's say like the average one is like, you have one a day. Having a regular Coke compared to a diet uh, Coke or whatever is way better because of that reason. Because right. the insulin is released the moment you have something sweet in your mouth. Not when it's already in your system. So that's why all of the calorie-free, sugar-free items, they're still just as bad for you because the moment the sweetness hits your mouth, your brain is already working, thinking it's something sweet, releasing insulin the moment it happens. So it doesn't matter what the sweetener is, whether it's sugar or something else. And then spiraling back to the whole chemical aspect of it and how it affects the body. Um, so that's why I was nodding. I was, like, I was yeah. thinking of the intermittent fasting aspect of it. Because some people say like, well, I can't eat anything that has calories. So if I drink a diet soda outside of my <laughs> eating window, it's fine because it's yeah. not like it doesn't have calories. It doesn't break but the fast yeah. because there's no calories. It doesn't break the fast. Yeah, that's <laughs> the line. Like, but the insulin is released because there's something sweet in your mouth. That's why you have to be careful with any teas that have like, if it's like a cherry tree, a uh, cherry tree. Cherry trees? <laughs> you have cherry trees in a your cherry tea? cherry tea. <laughs> <laughs> or like with just green tea and like some fruit inclusions. The fruit inclusions are going to make it sweeter and therefore you have the issue with that. That's why you're supposed to only drink black coffee without any sweetener, nothing in it, not even a dash of creamer or teas that are only green tea or black tea, nothing with fruit in it because they're all going to have some kind of sweetener in it and your brain's going to release insulin. Your okay. digestion yeah. starts in your mouth. Yep. Wow. And most people think digestion is all in the belly and in the stomach, and it's not. It starts in your mouth. Yep. Did not know that. Kayla's <laughs> <laughs> mind is blown. Yeah. <laughs> that makes yeah. yeah, that makes sense because my my mom she went to stevia and other stuff, and she still has that craving for other, mm -hmm. sweets, other sweets and other stuff. So, especially fruit, she has a craving for. So. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't matter if it's artificial or natural sweetener right. like stevia. It's the same thing. The moment it hits your mouth, you're releasing insulin. Wow. Okay. And that's where we get and, you know, the metabolic syndrome is because your body is over-releasing insulin to the point that it no longer reacts. So your body's getting this huge jolt of insulin, insulin, insulin. And so your body becomes less and less sensitive to it so it requires more and more and that that's where metabolic syndrome takes over is because you have become insulin resistant 
because your body is just constantly squirting insulin because of what, you know, whether it's real sugar or fake sugar, it's all of that sweetness. And, and so your body just starts to go, eh, I don't notice that. Oh, give me more, give me more because your body wants to preserve itself. And in doing that, that is exactly what's happening is it's going, oh, I need to do this to be able to counterbalance and, and to deal with all of the nutrients that's in my system, but there's really no nutrients in your system for it to counterbalance, but it doesn't know the difference. Wow. Again, didn't know that. <laughs> that's good to know. That's good to know. Tip for the day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's even why they recommend yeah. intermittent fasting for diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with the supervision of a doctor, we're not doctors. So don't only listen to our advice. Consult <laughs> right. your doctor about it. Big disclaimer. <laughs> um, but that's one of the big reasons or anyone who's even like pre-diabetic with intermittent fasting, you can help a lot with it because it helps you build up or get rid of the insulin resistance, try to get it back in control, like actually completely cutting it out for a few hours a day properly rather than just sleeping and increasing that window over time helps with that. Okay. How long for like a diabetic, how long would a suggested um, intermittent fasting be? Again, I know. I think it depends, depends on the on person, person yeah. and where you're and where you're starting from. Yes, okay. and I assume like the big fear would be because even a diabetic can go uh, um, into sugar sugar shocks, etc. When you're low on sugar, mm-hmm. so if you increase that window too fast, right, and then you're like you're only five hours in, you still have five hours to go. You might like actually pass out because of it. I know my dad passed out in summer before when he was working in the yard and he didn't eat anything because he was busy working, hmm. and he just stopped. He like he literally woke up and he was fine. But obviously, that's always a concern. So if someone's not eating anything and then they feel they get shaky, so it's something you just have to get used to. Because right. even me not having any issues with it, getting into it was hard in the beginning. Hmm. Um, so it's like something you have to consult a doctor and slowly ease your body Start into small. it. Yeah. Yeah. Start with 10 hours, then eight hours, whatever. And and not, not just the time. I mean, the time is certainly a factor, but it's also the quality of the nutrition yeah. that you eat when you are eating. You know, if you fill it up with junk, it's not going to sustain your body longer. If you're eating, you know, getting all of your nutrients in whichever you're choosing, I'm not going to get into everybody's different opinions <laughs> about different food, right. but if you're fueling your body, it can sustain that intermittent window because it's got nutrients to process. But if you go into your intermittent window, into your fasting window, eating, you know, like say you had donuts or, I mean, it's certainly that's not the purpose of intermittent fasting, but if you're eating a bunch of processed carbs, that's probably the better way to say it. High sugar food, you know, processed, and you go into your inner, into your um, fasting cycle, your body doesn't have anything. And so mm-hmm. how you're going to feel and how you're going to react, and especially if you're a diabetic, it is going to get dangerous if your window is too long and your quality of nutrition going in. And that's why you, as you said, you definitely want to check with your doctor, particularly if you're a diabetic. I mean, really anybody should, but I mean, you're, you've got to listen to your body. And, and again, with anything, you don't run a marathon in a day. You don't do intermittent fasting for 10 hours while you're awake the first day. Yeah. Right. It was hard, like getting past that hunger, like the urge to eat something in the beginning, And then also learning, like, that learning curve of initially, like, oh, now I can have a coffee. So I start with just a coffee and I eat, like, oh, I'll eat in 30 minutes. Those 30 minutes with just a coffee, it hits you hard. 
It's like mm. when you drink alcohol on an empty stomach. It just hit me so hard and I got shaky from just from the caffeine because there was nothing to dilute it. And I've been I haven't uh, eaten anything in 18 hours and I'm sitting there shaking because I haven't eaten anything. Wow. So the one coffee hit me like I had three. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So like it's all a learning process of like actually like having your first meal be something super nutritious, super filling, just to set you up for the day. So stuff like that. It just also depends on how your body takes it, how you yeah, like it, what kind of foods you eat. Yeah. Everybody's body is going to react a little differently. Yeah. Um, my body doesn't particularly, I mean, I can do it, but I tend it in, it's just not my favorite thing because of how my body responds to it. Mm-hmm. But um, my son does it all the time. I mean, he, that that's just how he lives. That's it, probably like you are now. Yeah. It's just a way of life. Um, so it made traveling from, Virginia to Washington State, a really interesting endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the big thing, I think the big issue is just also if it fits in your schedule. Right. I know you have another job. If I would have, like, if I had another job where I'd have to accommodate it with my schedule, it would probably be a lot harder. Yeah. Um, working the schedule I work here, it's way easier to accommodate. Like, my husband's schedule makes sure that it works with his lunch breaks and when he comes home from dinner for dinner and stuff like that. So, it just also depends on what the schedule looks like. If your schedule is a mess and all over the place and you have a hard time finding an eight-hour window without having to improvise snacks and stuff because then you usually go back to the fast foods or mm-hmm. easy snacks. Mm. If you can sit down and don't have the time to prepare good meals, it's one of the things like, does it make sense to do it? Right. Like if you have like 10 minutes breaks in between, you plan on eating in those 10 minutes, you're probably not going to actually prepare something good for it. So it's just like, can you accommodate it? Can you accommodate the food you want to make? And does it fit in your schedule? Luckily in ours, it does. So I always tell anyone who's interested and wants to talk about it. I'm like, see if it fits in your schedule. If you can make it, give it a shot. First weeks are going to be rough, especially when there's like coffee involved. People who are used to drinking their coffee in the morning, that's usually like a big me. issue. <laughs> like no, saying, like, oh, just don't put creamer. Yeah. Don't put creamer in it. And people look at you like, Oh, I, I, I know you like, anyway. yeah. like you like black Straight coffee. Straight up. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> See, Kayla, what a hard time. <laughs> I'm a tea person anyway, so I don't have that issue. But See, that's my husband. He's the tea person. And I'm just like, <laughs> get away with the green Bring stuff. on the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But intermittent fasting was not the topic of the podcast but we still ended up here <laughs> it works That's for diabetes it, it, it does it does help yeah. with diabetes and it, it, again everybody's going to be different how their body processes and um, you you started with the question of asking me you know where did i go the the high protein and and i'm not mm. talking about crazy wicked high and crazy low carbs but it was really what i would say is it was more on the line of somewhat paleo with a little higher protein, but I tried to make sure that, that my carbs were, were all, you know, more fiber, the long lasting, you know, that kind of thing, get away from the processed foods. Um, that was the hardest thing for me is because I do have a crazy schedule. I still have a crazy schedule. I'm not sure I would know what to do if I didn't have a crazy schedule. I might like take a nap and be Goldilocks and wake up and not know where I'm at. (laughs) Me. (laughs) But, um, you know, for me, it's just, it's the go, go, go. And so it's easy, you know, I'm tired. Oh, I'll grab some chips. Oh, I'm, you know, and you get into this cycle of nothing but junk and your body just gets so depleted. So I started small. I I mean, I did. I'm 
like increase the proteins. I had some, pro I found some protein shakes that I like, so that worked for me in the morning. Yes, they had caffeine in them. They were coffee <laughs> protein shakes. But um, the Atkins it, wants some food. Oh, no. Uh, Atkins has got too much sugar alcohol, and we don't want to be around them with those. Um, but, I, you know, I just swapped out. Instead of having something processed, I went with something whole. So it, and while fruit is one of those things, you know, I love fruit. Some people are like, oh, you can't have fruit if you're low carb. Well, you can. You just have to be smart about what you have, and it's a smaller serving. So... It worked for me because I like berries. Berries tend to be the lower carbs. Banana's not my thing. So I'm okay with that. You know, bananas and pineapples are like, that could shoot your carbs for the day. But if you're a diabetic, you're also having to look at that because most people don't realize that a serving of a banana is half of a medium banana. And who eats half of a banana once you've peeled it? Right, because it gets no all one. brown on the end. I eat like three quarters gross. of it because my dog always yeah. gets a well, piece. The dog, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The dogs love bananas. So <laughs> let's be fair. But I mean, if you were if you were portioning out your food, how many people are, are going to look at a banana? Just half a banana. And eat yeah. Half of a banana, and I'm not talking about half of a large banana. I'm talking half of a medium banana. And it's kind of like, where do you find those? <laughs> and yeah. am I really only going to eat this much? So it was finding things that I liked that that fit, and then. As I started to feel better, it just made it that much easier to carry it a little bit further. Um, as a matter of fact, my mom and so my mom and I have very eating with my mom is a nightmare. And, and so she says to me about pasta and I'm like, you know, I'm driving home and she asked this question last night. I'm like, it has been 10 years since I've eaten pasta. Might be 11. Wow. I and I and I just but that worked for me because that was one of the first things that I cut out. And it was probably the hardest thing to cut out. But now I'm like, okay, zucchini noodles, butternut squash noodles, um, spaghetti squash. I, I don't think I really like the pasta. It turns out I really like the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it, it's the simple carbs. You know, some people pasta works for. Pasta didn't work for me. And it was just finding those things and, and gradually getting it under control. But then after you step back, I think once you've cleaned it up, and I think for you probably once you've gotten more into the intermittent fasting and you take a step back, you're like, wow, I had no idea how horrific my diet was. I really thought my diet was okay. And, you know, sort of like with habits, if you don't write them down, you don't realize that they're a habit. And so tracking was really important for me early on. Um, now I can pretty much tell by how I feel if I've had too much, too many carbs or junk food, um, my body imme almost immediately feels it. Um, probably same for you. I feel, so I eat pasta and I love pasta, <laughs> but I can tell when I ate too much of it because I feel really bloated. I feel like just mm -hmm. sl sluggish, which we would think in theory carbs are supposed to energize you. <laughs> you just feel like kind of, like, I feel really groggy after eating too much mm -hmm. of it. Um, that's like the big one for me. Even if you're a diabetic, carbs are not the enemy. If you look at what the Diabetes Association puts out for a diet, of course, that it boggles my brain sometimes at what's on their list. But it, it's far more carbs than than somebody that's doing high protein, low carb is eating. I mean, that's a like that's a whole new can of worms. You think it about is. the American Heart it Association is. who's supporting uh, canola or, oil or a diabetic, yeah, and stuff like that. And you're like, there are way better options that are way more heart healthy or diabetic healthy f than the ones that they're supporting. That they suggest, yeah, and 
especially like completely cutting out fruit. Okay, where do you get your vitamin C from? Where you get this and this from? You would have to substitute so much more if mm. you completely cut out right. certain fruits or certain veggies right. rather than just eating it. It's way more important to cut out all the processed stuff. Like yeah, that's where I was going. Whole foods, pasta, right? Like, yeah. yeah, your whole foods are because I you never know what's in your supplements either. And I would rather people don't orange. dose them right yeah. either, like because they're much higher dose than you're supposed to. And if you're eating some kind of vitamin C in your food and then you supplement it with certain vitamins, you can get serious, serious side effects, which is something no one ever talks about until they realize it, that they took too much of certain things and they actually like go into any kind of shock. So their body shuts down because they ate too much of something. So rather than so you should just eat it in your regular food rather than supplementing. Yep. In, and that's why way you yeah. can, you know, unless you're really deficient in something, yeah. supplements are, again, everybody's got their opinion, but that's where when people are like, oh, you have to cut fruit out if you're going high protein, low carb. I'm like, no, I don't. I just have to eat it in moderation. And then what always worked with me for me was pairing. And some people are like, oh, you know, I don't know about that, but Again, it helped my body balance out the sugars from where my levels were. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for somebody else. Um, so I tend to, if I've, I'm not going to ever have a carb if I don't have a protein with it. That's mm. just me. And I know we talked about this before. I'm like, oh, well, you know, if you get stuck and you go on a Wawa, you can find all kinds of things like boiled eggs, like boiled eggs and pickles and some mustard. And I am golden. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those, I, you can find so many different sources now that you couldn't find before and in convenient places that there really isn't an excuse to eat a bunch of processed things because you can find yeah whole foods just about anywhere you go even when eating out yep. there are much better options on most menus or another restaurant who's not much more expensive um so rather than choosing any fast food chains there are local options they use better better meats better vegetables they put on let's talk burgers for example rather than going to where literally the lettuce is probably even processed <laughs> um yeah, yeah. Rather than going and supporting, first of all, you're supporting a small business, a local business, and they're using actual like proper ingredients, making homemade sauce and stuff like that, rather than adding sugars to their sauce because it pres preserves mm -hmm. them better and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Sugars and everything that's processed. store-bought pasta sauce. Yeah. Because yeah. you yeah. talked about yeah. that. I, own, I make my own. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just saw a little infomercial on how much sugar is in the sauces and i mean some of the mm. sauce in the serving size you get as much sugar as you get in a can of soda yeah mm -hmm. yeah and and so it really is again whole food is best hey, we're both agreeing on that yeah. whole foods are best <laughs> for everything but if, if not take the time to read your labels you would be really surprised you know when you start seeing low fat or you know if somebody's you know low carb bread or something like that you really do need to take a minute and read the food label and see what they've replaced it with because they've got to replace it with something and um i know a lot of the you know low fat then the sugar is going to be up yeah or you know low sugar then the carbs are going to you know the that so they they balance it out with other things so if you're if you can't eat whole and you've got to eat processed make the best choice by you know taking a few minutes to look at the labels and the labels can be confusing because serving sizes are different and everything else but 
it really your worth the extra five minutes to flip the label over mm. and just give it a quick read because you might be shocked it's what, what's in your food yeah yeah big one that i also got to think of right now is like juices store-bought juices oh my gosh yes so bad yeah i guess juices back to fruit they're all gonna have fruit sugar in it but it's one of those things that's like put in a bit of elbow grease squeeze your own oranges tastes way tastes better, better. <laughs> tastes fresher you can water it down if you need to, et cetera, and you're working out during two. <laughs> well, the thing, that, the thing that always surprised me was like the canned fruits. It's uh, it shows yeah. um, the the fruit juice, but then it has sucralose and or sugar in it. It's like because it preserves it better. Well, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's like it's canned. It's not like yeah. it's you know, it's, yeah. But some of the canned fruits even have um, caro syrup in them. Yeah, corn, they've got corn syrup. In yeah, them. some do too. Yeah, and in And, you know, if it's out of season and there's a fruit you like, you know, frozen is not a bad option. But again, check your labels because some of your frozen, they actually, um, they'll put some sugar in that. Really? Um, The the one thing that will surprise you on labels is corn. Corn starch, corn Mm. powder. Look at your labels. Um, You know, that really does matter. Um, Diabetic, pre-diabetic, take the time to look at the labels. You know, in, I know I hear this all the time. It's expensive to eat healthy, it's but not. it's less expensive to eat healthy than what you're going to pay for prescriptions and doctor bills. Mm-hmm. And again, you're worth it. It, you know, you've got to make that decision of, of knowing that you are actually worth taking the time, yeah. spending the little extra money because one, you're going to feel better in the long run. You're not going to be sitting at the doctor's office and, you know, and as we age, how we've treated our body up to that point is going to be reflective as we get older um there's no such thing as growing old gracefully and it is not from week apart i'm just gonna tell y'all but um how you treat your body between now and then matters but it doesn't mean that you can't reverse some of what you've done i mean sure if we look at i grew up in the you know the tv dinner and pop tart generation and you know or the the packet oatmeals that are like loaded with sugar (laughs) but um you know sure you did that but you can make those changes you can get healthier and in the long run you just feel better not to mention doctor bills because like being diabetic is very expensive um not that anybody's really choosing (laughs) but i mean my dad's medication that what they pay in medication just blows my mind. And that was another thing. Um, I really love my doctor for saying, you know, here it is, you decide, fix it or we'll fix it with this. But this is, he even went so far to say, and this is how much it's going to cost you. Wow. And so I buying mean, a few more veggies everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, just the cost of that prescription, I could be eating filet mignon and hand-picked vegetables, you know, <laughs> flown daily. directly to me. Um, and, and that doesn't, yeah. Even talk about the toll that it takes on your body. Mentally and physically. Yeah. Constantly having to remember about the things that you have to take. If you're like, how much did I dose, et cetera. Yeah. The finger pricks and the dialing, the insulin. And no matter where you go, you always have to consider every single thing. You can't just enjoy a dinner out because you always have to think about the sugar in it. The insulin. Did you bring your medication? Yeah. And then for those people with the pump, um, you know, this is kind of a pet peeve of mine. Um, There for a while, there was this big trend of people who were diabetic using their insulin pump to control their weight, you know, basically juicing yourself with your with your insulin pump. And at the end of the day, you are just throwing your body into such a tizzy that you will not 
it is just does so much damage to your organs. And, um, you know, you, oh, well, it's okay if I have the cake, I'll just give myself a little more insulin. And, you know, don't fool yourself into bad habits that you just because you're counterbalancing it doesn't mean that you're really taking care of it. Yeah. You are just adding another layer of mess. Slapping a band-aid on an open wound. We need to spin the wheel. Brenda, you want to do this? Oh, you don't want me to do the loud spin? <laughs> oh. Looks like that almost came off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> 10% off Fit Bodies in-store purchases. Great. Yay, so all you have to one. do is comment on this video in the YouTube comments, and you will have a chance to win 10% off Fit Bodies in-store purchases, which they have some pretty cool stuff in there for you to, for you to get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We like stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Well, till next time. Till next time. Till next time. Well, folks, that's all for now. Keep your eyes open for our next episode coming soon. Or make it easier on yourself and click that subscribe button right down there. Or there to the side. Or or there. Or ah, wherever it's put, click it and you'll be notified the instant a new episode becomes available. Please let us know what you think of our show and what you'd like to hear on here in the future. Is there a workout that stumps you or something you have a question about? Post them on the Fit Life Show Facebook page. Till next time, this is the Fit Life Show, brought to you by Fit Bodies Unlimited. Get fit, stay fit.